2: Hello everyone, and I just wanted to give a quick rundown on the Anchor app and how I got my start with the Uptempo podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Up Tempo Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lane, and today I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Dalton Lane and Dalton Garrett. And we will be bringing you the, uh, our thoughts on the college football playoff games that happened this past weekend. Uh, our thoughts on the opt-out situation currently going on in college football and the buzz on Twitter that we all got to see over the weekend with the Matt Corral injury. And we're going to get uh, our three opinions on that. And then we're going to dive into the current landscape of college football and the expansion of the, the college football playoff. And is that going to help the landscape of college football? And, and, and so forth on that. So – you know, today to start things off, man, I, I really I want to kick it to to DG first and, and I wanna get your thoughts on this, uh on this Alabama and, and Cincinnati matchup and, and what you saw Friday at two thirty, man.
3: Yeah, man, I think uh like we talked about last week in the preview show, man. I think Alabama obviously just being the more dominant, more athletic, more physical team. Um, like I think they kinda came out and did what everybody expected them to do. I do believe that Cincinnati's secondary showed why they've been talking about how they were all season. Um, Bryce Young wasn't able to get going like he normally does. Yeah, he ended up 19 for 28, 181, three touchdowns and interception. But it wasn't a dominating game by him by any means. Um, I think Alabama's, I mean, obviously, if you look at stats, their main uh, source of offense was Brian Robinson and the running game. He I mean, Brian Robinson had... Two hundred and four yards on twenty six carries. Trey Sanders had four, uh, fourteen carries for sixty seven yards. So I think um, you know, being able to handle the trenches and offensive line was really where Albin won the game. Um, and then obviously their defense, their defense came out came out flying to the ball. Um, Cincinnati really only had two sustained drives, and both of them were their first drive of the game and their first drive after the half. Kind of the descriptive drives we always hear about, but once they needed to put together drives to kind of stay in the game and kind of try to keep it close. They, um, they weren't really able to, it seemed like Desmond Ritter got into a good flow. Uh, they ran the ball. Okay. I mean, Jerome Ford had 15 carries, seven, seven yards. So about 5.1 yards to carry, but, um, but just, you know, Alabama's defense, long. Alabama was able to do what we expected them to do. They went in, they obviously covered. I mean, the thing that spread was 13 and a half. They, Ended up winning by 21. Um, one thing that did kind of surprise me, though, was how well Cincinnati got pressure on Bryce Young. I thought that was kind of shocking, um, especially with only having it running a 3-3-5. Obviously, I mean, they brought pressure, but it wasn't, you know, a lot of pressure a lot of times. There's a lot of guys just coming straight up the middle, getting by. Um, I think that reason it shocked me was because, you know, Georgia, you know, has been talked about having the best front seven in college football season when they played Alabama. A month ago, they weren't able to get any pressure on Bryce Young, um, so I think that was kind of surprising. But other than that, man, I think the game went just about how everybody thought it was going to
2: go. Yeah, and you know that was that was one of one of my big things is, is how Cincinnati, you know, they did get pressure and and they they made Bryce Young uncomfortable and they made him move off his spot, man. And and you could tell, you know, he the the, the receivers weren't getting separation. And, and you could tell he was really uncomfortable, and, and he forced that one throw over the middle for the pick. And, uh, you know, he, it, it, was, it, it wasn't it was the Bryce Young that we thought we were going to see. But, I mean, you know, all Alabama had to do was just turn around and hand it off to Brian Robinson and Trey Sanders, man. Uh, they were – they were really getting off the ball on Cincinnati and uh, in in the run game and and you know one thing I do want to go to is Jerome Ford man like you said the 15, 15 carries for seventy seven yards I thought you know he he was he was Cincinnati's pretty much only hope and and uh, after after watching Desmond Ritter those first three or four drives I, I said hey you know we talked about it we texted about it hey the dude's it, He's not gonna get it done, man. He he didn't he didn't look comfortable back there. He, he was trying to get the ball out as fast as possible. And uh and you could tell they were in for a long night. So uh with that I, I just wanna, you know, turn it over to Dalton, uh Dalton Lane and, and man, give me your thoughts on it. What did you see?
1: <clears throat> I mean, just like our prediction in the last episode, I mean, it was just a, a pure domination from Alabama. And you know, you get on Twitter you see the Alabama fans kind of talking about, or, you know, even Travis Kelsey. He said the Alabama didn't, you know, impress. Mm. And it's like, okay, well, the the score, you know, it's twenty one points, but Alabama dominated from you know first kickoff till the clock struck zero. I no mean, doubt. I mean, you you know, yeah, Bryce Sean looked uncomfortable, but you know, like you said, why you know why drop back and pass it when you you know you ran for three hundred yards? Mm. So and you know, Brian Robinson ran for two hundred. So it's kind of, you know, why, why pass the ball? And then, you know, Desmond Ritter, like he, he's good for the, you know, the conference they play in, but mm. it's just a, it's a different animal, you know, when you, when you go up against Nick Saban and, you know, and, an Alabama defense, I mean, it's just, it's a different animal. I mean, glad they won the coin toss. Cause that was about the only thing they were going to win that night. But <laughs> I mean, that's really, I mean, that's really all that, all it comes down to is a, it was a pure domination from Alabama, and you know, like I said, the the score doesn't show it, but you know, they they won from. I mean, they dominated from start to finish. I mean, that's just that's all there is to it. I mean, it was a real snooze fest. Um, just really not very exciting playoff games, to be honest. Ooh, hey, but hey, we'll 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 touch
2: on that here in just yeah. a minute. We're gonna dive right into <laughs> that uh, coming up in a little bit. One thing I do want to say is is you know Will Anderson uh, that defensive front for Alabama they uh, they they lived up to the hype once again and um, they they had an impressive game uh, in my book but now I want to I want to you know flip it back to DG and uh, we're gonna talk about the nightcap game man and uh, and this is the one where I knew it was a bad matchup. For Michigan, but man, I thought Michigan, you know, with a with a month off uh, and and to prepare, and and Georgia had just gotten just you know just stunned in Atlanta uh, by Alabama, and, and I didn't know how they were gonna come out, and I thought we were gonna see a better game, and we didn't, and uh, and DG, I, I want to get your thoughts on it. And then, and then we'll we'll dive in. Uh, Me and me and Dalton will dive in after you.
3: Yeah, man. Uh, Like, like we talked about last week, we both predicted low-scoring games, 17-13, 20-14, something in that range. You um, know, I was looking at the stats, and it's kind of crazy. Alabama – I mean, Alabama, Georgia, they didn't – you know, run, I mean, they ran for 190 yards. I mean, but it wasn't like they just ran it down, you know, Michigan's third all night. I mean, that Stetson been it through for 313 yards. I don't know if – Anybody in the country outside of maybe Stetson Bennett and Kirby Smart I believe that was going to happen going into the game. Um, I think, I think, I think Georgia came out that first drive and just hit Michigan right in the teeth. Michigan, we didn't really know what to do. Yeah. Georgia came out in the second drive, first drive, of defense, and I think they gave up one first down and then kind of shut it down. Um, and then Georgia went right back down the field and scored a little trick play. Uh, I think, I think. It, it's, it really comes down to just like with Alabama. Obviously, Alabama is a little bit more of an inferior opponent, but you got to start looking at just the talent gap. The talent gap between Alabama and Georgia and really the rest of the country right now. Maybe Clemson, maybe Ohio State are right there with them, but when you got two teams that are recruiting the way these two teams are, I don't care. Stetson Bennett might be a walk on quarterback, but when you're throwing to a five star wide receiver, three five star running backs, number one tight end in the country, um, you got. You got dog, dudes on defense. I've stopped seeing all the time, every time they got pulled out. You go get a freaking dude from Clemson who was their starting cornerback last year, and now he's one of your starting cornerbacks. Like, when you got that amount of talent on a football team, it doesn't much matter to me who's playing quarterback, but more of, you know, can you get the guys in the right position to do what they got to do? And it's going to come down to that. And, um, I mean, Michigan was only able to run for 90, 91 yards total. Um all week we heard, oh missions run game so good. Blake Corm and Hassan Haskins, they're gonna go crazy. Well, right now that that game they had twelve carries combined for a total of fifty two yards. So not really going crazy if you ask me. Um I think they tried to throw the ball a little bit too much. I didn't really understand like they threw the ball more than Georgia did. They threw the ball thirty six times as a team, and Georgia only threw it thirty one, with one of those um being of running back throwing the football for Georgia, so I think it was, I think, I think Michigan kind of came into the game with a hope that they had a chance of winning, but in all reality, knowing, hey man, like we're just happy we beat Ohio State and we got here. This, you know, all you saw on Twitter, I saw a lot. Oh, this was supposed to be a down year for Michigan, so you know they should take it as a celebratory, I guess, type thing that they got this far, like. Man, if you're in the playoffs, like at that point, you're there for a reason. You're not there. Oh well, we made it. What to do? Let's go home and get our ass beat. But that's kind mm. of what it looked like after Georgia jumped up 14 and nothing. That game was over. They,
2: they, I don't think Michigan, they Michigan
3: could have packed their bags at halftime and decided not to come back,
2: and it wouldn't hurt nobody's feelings. mm I hey, man, I you know I agree. Um. And and like you said, you know they got punched in the mouth early that first drive. Um. And it just it was it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a contest after that. But uh, I'll give my thoughts on it. Uh, but first, I want to kick it over to D Lane and uh, D Lane. Give me give me your thoughts on it.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, once a once again, you know, it was a pure domination, you know, from start to finish, you know, from Georgia. Um, it's kind of I don't think Cade. It's like you know, yeah, Ohio State was pretty. You know, Ohio State was good this year. Defense, not so much. So, kind of comes back. I don't think Cade. Had seen a defense like this. And then, you know, kind of like Dalton said, like, you know, people were expecting the running, uh, the run game for Michigan to, you know, be good. And I, once again, I just don't think they've seen a front, you know, a front seven like that. Just haven't seen it all year, I don't believe. And it obviously the run game didn't work out. Cade looked like he was scared to death, um, didn't know what he was doing, it kind of seemed to like. And then, like, you turn to the defense side, and I personally, I thought Michigan's D was going to play a little bit better with uh, with Aiden Hutchison, and I felt like Georgia completely just you know kind of took him out the game. I mean, he only had three tackles ten the night, um, so you know it was kind of just really a lopsided. I mean, you know they ran for two hundred yards, and then like D said, nobody. I personally didn't think Stetson Bennett was going to come out and throw for you know, that many yards. And uh for, you know, 310, three TDs, yeah, he is throwing to, you know, the the best tight end of the country. And, you know, the five-star receivers and stuff like that. Mm. But it just – I mean, it just didn't look like Michigan really just wanted to even be there. I mean, it, it was a, just a pure domination from, from start to finish for Georgia. And so I'm kind of
2: excited to see this national championship rematch. Mm, no doubt, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm really ready to see that one. Uh, I think it's going to be a dandy next Monday night. But my thoughts on the Georgia-Michigan game, uh, like, like, you know, like you both said, Georgia come out that first drive. They drove it right down Michigan's throat, uh, got Brock Bowers into the game. Uh, I just want to go ahead and say that Brock Bowers is an absolute freak of nature. He uh, can't be guarded. Uh, he is an elite talent as a true freshman. And Alabama's got their uh, they got the work cut out for them, um, and 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 now you know I saw a little healthier Pickens out there. It looked like he was starting to get back his his mojo back, his feet under him after the ACL, and it looks like he's really starting to build some confidence out there. Uh, but but my thoughts on it, man, Georgia knocked them in the mouth. Michigan was driving the football. They got on that fourth and four. And I tell you what, a lot of people say, oh, it's the first quarter. You can't lose a game this early. Guess what? Michigan lost the game on the first drive. Yeah. Okay. They lost the game on the first drive. And and here's and here's why I say that is because Georgia is the number one team in the country in field position on offense, all right? Leading drives, man, they're, they're, their average field position – on offense was, like, from, from their own 41-yard line this year. Did y'all see that stat? I, I
1: personally didn't.
3: No. I, I mean, not. i would be honest with you. I turned the game off at
2: halftime. <laughs> <laughs> Something crazy, like, their, their starting field position, their starting field position on offense was, like, averaged around, like, the 40, 41-yard line. And and they had the most shortened drives all season on offense and they led the country in that category and you know harbaugh i know what he was doing man he said hey i'm not going to be able to keep up with them uh field goals aren't going to win this game we we we're in no man's land and we got to try to go for it to extend this drive but my thing with that man is if you don't get it there you're going down 14 to nothing, to me, when it got to fourteen to nothing, Michigan's not a come from behind team. Uh, they haven't come from behind all year. You know, they, they they're just not built to to come from behind with with McNamara, and and that right there just just ended the game when when they didn't get that fourth and four. I said, hey, this game's over. But one thing about Georgia man is Stetson Bennett. They come out. Short, easy throws, quick throws offset the pass rush from Michigan. Aiden Hutchinson, uh, everything you know, he was getting the ball out quick, hitting the screen game. They were running the football, and Georgia, uh, Georgia man, they were just blowing Michigan off the ball. And and I tell you what, Michigan's secondary, they look lost.
1: Mm-hmm. They
2: you could you could see the talent gap, the speed, man, the speed of Georgia in 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 open space, man, Michigan didn't stand a chance. And uh, and I was a little shocked by that uh, because I, I thought Michigan's deep, you know, they, I thought they would have come a little bit more prepared and ready to play. But, man, you could see it was a mismatch all day long. But now, man, uh, moving past that, you know, we, we were watching last night, Ole Miss and Baylor and a, a guy that, that we all love and, and we've gotten to watch uh, grow and blossom as, as one of the best quarterbacks in the country, uh, Matt Corral. He, you know, he chose to play in his bowl game, and he, and he come out before <laughs> the bowl game, and he said, hey – I wouldn't be in this position without my teammates, and I'm going into the Sugar Bowl to rock out, and I'm going to give it all I got one last time for these guys, Coach Kiffin and this whole staff. And last night he went down. He got rolled up on. Thank God that his X-rays were negative. They did come back negative, and they're going to uh, you know, go through – a couple of different things and, and see, you know, what's the best treatment for him. But, you know, I want to kick it to DG and, and get your thoughts on, man, a lot of Twitter buzz last night and arguments about guys opting out and should they opt out, should they play. And and the last thing I do want to say is, is we're all huge Matt Corral fans uh, and I love dudes who opt in to play. But I don't blame kids for opting out. But I will give my thoughts on it. But let's kick it to DG first. Yeah, man, like, like you said, man,
3: <clears> huge <throat> huge Matt Corral fan. Been a fan of his back when he was in high school. Because, I mean, <clears throat> at the time he was committed to Florida. So, uh, I kind of started following him in senior year of high school. Obviously, ended up going on Miss. And he's been a baller since he got there. Um, not only can he play, but he's got that – that gunslinger mentality, that, that swag you want as a quarterback, a leader. Um, I know one thing they kept talking about last night after he got hurt was, you know, not only are they miss, are they missing him on the field, but they, they're missing his leadership on the sidelines. And then once you saw, you saw him come back out of the locker room on crutches and he's getting around the sidelines on crutches, hyping his teammates up, talking to him, letting them know what's going on, you know, being a leader, show, showing why he's so loved in that, um, in that community, at that school. That university just – I mean, you could tell by the fans' reaction, we got hurt by the fans' reaction when we came back on the field or back into the field after coming from the locker room. Um, you know, he, he's going to be a guy that Ole Miss fans talk about for a long time. And, you know, you know, like you said, thankfully the injury wasn't anything too serious. And, you know, I, I hope I hope to God he becomes a superstar in the NFL. But as far as the opt in opting opt out type thing, uh, like you said, I love the fact that he was all in. I like the fact that he came out and said, man, like, you know, without my guys, I wouldn't be in this situation. Without these guys, without this coaching staff, without this university, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. They even asked him before we did an interview, you know, what was one thing that that really was like a reason for him behind him playing. He said the key word he used was relationships. And they were kind of like, well, you know, what, can you expand on that? He said, like, well, you know, when I came from California to Oxford, I wasn't really expecting – the the relationships that I was going to end up get, getting and building along uh, along my time and during my time here. But those relationships are what ultimately were the reason he played. You know, the love for his teammates, the love for his coaches, the love for the Oxford community and the school he's, you know, attended for the last three years. Hmm. Um, Like you said, I mean, it sucks. He, like when he got rolled up on, when he got tackled after the play, I was kind of like, damn, that kind of looked, that kind of looked like a weird tackle. You know, hopefully he's all right then. He kind of got up slow. And, I mean, he, earlier in the season he had a bum ankle. I want to say they said, even though it was maybe the Auburn game, I think he got he got carted off the field or something crazy and then he ended up coming back in and playing.
2: Um, yeah, I was there.
3: Um. And, 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 like, you know, a lot of people, oh, you know, he, he might have messed up his draft stock. It's like, man, if you're a GM of a football team and you you had an idea of taking him in the first round, I think last night in the fact that he was willing to play and show his heart, show his dedication to his teammates and his, and his school – should be even more of a reason to draft him. Even if you don't think he's a franchise quarterback year one, maybe it takes him two or three years to develop. The leadership and, and, the, and the mentality and the heart that he showed just by willingly wanting to play in that game last night is something any GM, any coach, any locker room would be blessed to have. Um, but then, like we said, man, like you, you hate to see it. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm really on the fence of, like you know, I love it when the guys opt in. But, I, you know, mm. you can't hate – you can't say the guys don't love the game of football if they opt out. I mean, these guys, these guys got millions of dollars to make. You got Kenny Pickett. Look at him. Mm. He backs out his bowl game. First drive of the game, the backup quarterback gets out, like dislocates his shoulder, after for the game.
2: Mm, good point. What if that's
3: Kenny Pickett? Kenny Pickett's projected top five – or top five, top 15 pick, someone in that range. If he goes out in a bowl game, that means nothing. He gets busted up on the first drive, dislocates his shoulder. He can't compete in the – he can't go to combine. He's not going to be able to throw in a month, two months. Like, mm. you know, you, you do your part during the season. You get to the bowl games. And I, I've i gotten to the point, man, where these bowls, if you're not in a playoff game, like, the bowls are almost a practice game for the guys who are coming back next year. Like, mm. if you're coming back next year or, you know, you got a superstar player and they sit out, All that don't mean they quit on their team. That means they're, they're they've done their part to get their team this far and now they're moving on to the next step of their football careers and their careers as far as players. I don't think – I know there's a lot of stuff going around yesterday on Twitter about Cur- Curb Street saying that it seemed like a lot of guys don't play for the love of the game anymore. I don't think that – I think these guys – you don't you don't go out there and bang heads for 12, 13 games a year, put put your body on the line as much as these dudes do, and not love the game. So, mm-hmm. um, I think these dudes are doing it for the love of the game, but they're also doing it. Some of these guys are looking in the future. Hey – my mom and dad, my mom, and my dad, they've never lived a nice lifestyle. I can give them that nice lifestyle in two months if I don't get hurt in a meaningless bowl game. So,
0: yeah.
3: um, you know, you, you love, like I said, we love the fact that he played, but you, you don't hate on the ones who don't play.
2: Yeah, man, I see. I'm 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 right there with you. Uh, and and you know, I heard Kirk's, I heard Kirk's comment about, you know, this generation doesn't love the game of football. Well, here's my thing about it, man. I'm going to take a guy from the team that I love, uh, and I've mentioned him multiple times in previous shows, is is Roger McCrary. Um, He chose to sit out and uh, along with multiple other Auburn players, and we lost to Houston, and... You know, I get on social media and I see, oh well, Auburn lost to Houston. Ha ha ha. You're such an embarrassment to the SEC. Well, here's my thing, man. Was I upset that we lost and the way we lost? Yes, I, I was I was I was pissed off. But you know, I, I look at it and if all these guys opt in and play, we probably beat Houston. Um but they chose to sit out. I understand why they chose to sit out. And I'm not going to get mad at Roger McCreary, who, in my opinion, um, has helped Auburn basically. I mean, you look at our recruiting class this year, man. We flipped two, two guys from, from LSU who could immediately come in and play. They could immediately come in and play next year. And they look at guys like Roger McCreary. You know, and 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 uh, just um, Jamel Dean and 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 those guys, um, Carlton Davis and and you know they look at those guys and like man Auburn you know the defensive backs that they have put in the NFL and and I could go there and be a part of that and Roger doesn't owe Auburn anything man. He, he did his thing, and, and you know that's my example of it. And and I would never be mad at him for opting out because he gave us everything, and he was an All American for us. And I just I thank him for for even giving us what he did at Auburn, you know. And and I, I have a little bit more to say about it and and Kurt's comments, but first, Dalton, I, I wanna I wanna. I wanna flip it over to you and, and get your thoughts on it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I kinda agree with y'all. Like, you know, like yeah, we, we wanted to see Matt Crowell, you know. I love love that he has that, you know, that that true love for Ole Miss. You know, he wanted to give it one last bang and you know, come out with a win. And it does does suck that, you know, like he got he got hurt. And uh you <clears throat> so it's like, yeah, we wanna see him play. You know, give it one last go, but no, no fan, you know, no coach should be mad if they decide to sit out to play, you know, like DG said, to give their parents, you know, the life, you know, that they, you know, maybe never had. So it's like, I just don't, I don't know, I don't like getting on, on Twitter and seeing fans kind of bash a kid for not playing when, you know, kind of like DG said, like, what if that would have been Kenny Pickett? And, you know, the dude, had, like, he dislocated his shoulder or what, he broke I, – I think he might have broke his collarbone, actually. I'm not I'm not really sure the, the injury on that, but, you know, what if? You know, what if Kenny Pickett, you know, wouldn't have – you know, what if he would have went on and not recovered from a broke collarbone, you know? And now he just threw his whole life away for – in my eyes, a game that didn't mean nothing. Like, you know, outside of the playoffs, yeah. it's – to me, it – doesn't mean nothing, you know. Like you gave your life, you know. Like Kenny Pickett, he gave he gave all his love to you know to Pittsburgh. Matt Crow gave all his love to Ole Miss, and people are gonna you know cherish them, you know, for a long time, no matter what. <laughs> so you know, my eyes. Go make your millions. You know, you've you've okay. gave your your blood, sweat, tears. Um, you know, you gave everything to your university. Um, no, no point of risking your future to make a fan happy. Um, yeah. So I'm glad, like you said, I'm I'm very thankful that Matt Corral, uh, his test come back negative. So he is not, hopefully, you know, not ruining his chance at the NFL. But I just, I, I really just, I just don't like seeing fans get on there and just, you know, bash a kid for sitting out and saying, oh, you know, like, you know, just bad stuff about them. I mean, it's just not
2: right. And I, to me, that's just not a true fan. I mean, it, and you know, my 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 thoughts on it is is going back to the 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 Herb Street comment, and and you know, these kids, man, they're in the position to make millions of dollars, and you know, tell, saying saying that they don't love the game. No, you do love the game. That is your one goal. Since you've been a kid, ever since you strapped up, you know your helmet and, and put on your pads, man, was to make the NFL. And you were at that point where, hey, I'm at the NFL. I'm here, uh, and and well, I've done I've done my job. And mm-hmm. and I see a lot of people. One thing I hate seeing, man, is people get on here and say, oh, well, they opted out of the bowl game. They should have to pay their scholarship back. No, that, that's garbage. I'm tired of hearing it. I'm sick of it. It's the worst argument you could ever bring to the table is to pay a scholarship back. It's horrible. I hate it. I can't stand it. Um, they have done their part. And, you know, I'm glad Matt Corral wasn't seriously injured. Um, and, I, and I, you know, I'm all for opting in. But I get it while they opt out. And I will never uh, get mad. Uh, for for opting out, but now you know with with all of this, it leads to another conversation that that went on was, you know, I heard yesterday to limit opt outs, we need to expand the college football playoff, mm. and that kind of that kind of threw me for a loop because, you know, even with the guys opting out of the bowl games, man, I still had a blast watching the bowl games. Did y'all? Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I, 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 let me tell you something. That Tennessee and Purdue game—if you didn't have fun watching that game, um, the Kentucky, uh, the Kentucky and Iowa game—I mean, there was so many good games, even with opt-outs or whatever. Bowl season was magical, and and now you're saying, oh well. In order to, to cut down on opt-outs, we just need to expand the college football playoff. And and I disagree. I I I'm just so far gone on that on that whole little argument there. But you know, DG, going to you first, man. Uh, and, and I want to get your thoughts on that. And and you know, how do you feel about it,
3: man? I I'm one of the people. I, I don't think expanding the college football playoffs makes it any better. I mean, if, if that's a if that's how they think, oh, we're gonna keep these kids from opting out, make them play three more games, possibly four more games. That don't mean like so. You're you're pretty much saying, I we don't care if they get hurt. We're just trying to make as much money off of them as we can now. Yeah, like, man, man. Who like these kids? They've done their part for college football. Kenny Pickett did his part for college football. <laughs> Kenneth Walker did his part for college football. Mm. Roger McCree, like you said, for Auburn, did his thing for his college football team. Florida had a guy, Zach Carter, defensive, defensive end, had a hell of a season of course playing in the senior bowl. He back, He didn't play. But then Florida also had another guy, Damian Pierce, our running back, who said until until the last whistle blows, I'm, I'm going to bleed orange and blue and I'm going to play because that's what I came here to do. <laughs> Some people just got a different mindset. Some people know their draft grades. If I'm a first, second, third-round pick, I'm not playing in a meaningless bowl game like the Gasparilla Union Bowl. <laughs> or the freaking – who cares about – congratulations, Penn State or Michigan or, you know, Michigan State. Pittsburgh, you played in the Peach Bowl. Whoop-dee-doo. Nobody cares. Five years from now, no one's going to remember who won the Peach Bowl in 2021. We're going to remember who played in the playoffs and who won an the national championship. Yep. So, to me, it's like if these dudes want to set out a game that's not going to make them better or make them any more money than the money they've already made in the 12 to 13 games they've already played, who gives a rat's ass? Like, it shouldn't yeah. matter that much. And as far as expanding the college football playoffs, I don't know if we're going to get into that today. But I think that would be – I know a lot of people want it. And, you know, it's because, oh, well, you know, the fifth-place team and the sixth-place team, maybe they deserve to be in. Okay, sure, hindsight's twenty twenty. We watched yesterday. We watched Ohio State put on a show. Ohio State would have beat the brakes off Cincinnati. They'd have beat the brakes off Michigan if they got another chance to play them again. But that don't mean they're going to beat Alabama and Georgia. I don't hmm. think Ohio State's defense can stop me and a flag football team down in the street. But they're gonna score sixty points a game, but can they give they're not they're gonna give up sixty-seven. So it didn't much matter. I don't think it's, to me, obviously there's years where maybe you do have six really good football teams that can make the playoffs. This year was not one of those years. The fifth place team was what, Notre Dame? Notre Dame would have got beat to sleep by I think all four of the teams that college football playoffs. Yeah, did y'all did y'all watch that Notre Dame game yesterday? No, I
2: did not. that's what
3: I'm saying, man. The bowl games, if my team ain't playing, I've got to where I don't even give a crap. I just wanna watch the only New Year's Six Bowl game that I sat down and watched was Ohio State because I knew how good they were going to be in the Utah game because Florida plays Utah game one next year. And then, obviously, I wanted to watch Matt Corral last night. But, mm. I, those two, like, that's the thing. Is like, I'm not – obviously, I enjoy watching football. But, like, you know – we know as fans that those games don't mean a whole lot. So, if my mm. team's not in it, it doesn't really give me any reason to watch it. But, you know, like I said, fifth-place team, Ohio State – or Notre Dame, not <laughs> – not gonna beat anybody in the top five. Ohio State, okay, sure, maybe. They already lost the one of them, so you guess you can't say they would. Uh, seventh place is what Baylor. Eighth place, yeah. uh, Ole Miss. Ninth place, Oklahoma State. And tenth was I don't even remember who the tenth was. Utah, maybe. None yeah. of those teams this year are good enough to play in the top in the top four, and it was proven all season. Ole Miss played Alabama, got beat by two three touchdowns. Ohio State got blown out by Michigan. Notre Dame got blown out by Cincinnati. Baylor and Oklahoma State beat each other in a trash conference. Like, you know, there's going to be years, obviously, where we do have teams and we have more than four teams that can make the playoffs. But I think expanding college football playoffs is just like a, a battle cry. I mean, like, I guess if you add – to me, it's like if you're going to add it, you need to add like a – it don't need to be, oh, let's put 10 teams. No, hell no. Just go ahead and put sixteen. Make it sixteen team yeah. That way, you, that way you give more. Maybe okay, Alabama's one. They play whoever sixteenth is. Let's say sixteenth is I don't remember who it was. Let's say Penn State. Or, no, I went Penn State. Iowa or something like that. Sure, you give Iowa that chance at upset. But to me, college a college football playoff, especially in the D one level, is not going to give us the March Madness we have for basketball. March Madness, man, we have all the time where a fourteen seed might be the three seed. You're not going. to – 95 Alabama's most likely you give them a month or you give them two weeks to prepare for Iowa. They're going to be Iowa by four. Yes. So yes. it's like, what, what does expand the playoff do? The playoffs we've had playoffs for what? Six years now, seven years. And I think we've had maybe five really competitive games in all of that time. I
2: mm-hmm. couldn't tell
3: you the last time I watched a semifinal game. that was actually entertaining to watch.
2: Mm. That's a fact. Um, uh and you know d lane I, I want to get your thoughts on it man cuz i i know me, me and you were texting about it and i know you know oh yeah we were all three yeah we were all three in a group message texting about it and and been waiting to get get you on here and, and hear your thoughts about it and uh and that's the reason I, I wanted to to get you on on the second option today is uh is cuz i've been waiting for this topic so man kick it off and and give us your uh Give us your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I
1: expanding the college football playoff. I mean, it's probably the, the stupidest argument there ever. You know, there ever will be when it comes to college football. I mean, I, I think it's just if you expand it, I think it's just it's giving out you know participation trophies, and I think that's the world. Well, you know what the world's coming to. You know, just like you know, like like DG said, like if you go sixteen teams, you add Iowa in there. Iowa will never and, you know, win a national championship, ever, mm. you know. And so, what's the point of adding more snooze fest of football? You know, like, there's, it's, it's, it's just, dumb. I mean, we saw last, you know, yesterday, Iowa lost to Kentucky. Man, come on. You really think they can stay on the field with Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, you know, stuff like that. So, mm. it's, I think if you expand the college football playoff, it's just going to add more snooze fest, more pointless playoff games. You know, like, you know, it's just, it's, I just, I, I don't get it. Like the people with the argument of wanting to expand it, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. You know, I mean, I, I don't know if you saw this tweet, but really and truly, I think we just need to fold Notre Dame all in general, just fold yeah. the whole program. <laughs> because I saw a tweet that said, um, let me see if I can find it real quick. You that talking to one Notre,
3: about the BCS game or
1: something? Notre Dame has lost every BCS slash New Year's 6 game they have ever played in.
2: Oh, um, what, what let, was it, like 0 and 10?
1: Uh, yeah, since 2000. Okay. So 2000, they lost 41 to 9 to Oregon State. All right. Awful. Terrible. Um, Okay, the closest game. Let, let me put it to you like this: the closest game was yesterday, and guess what? They 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 blew a twenty-one. They blew a three-touchdown lead. I mean, got pure dominated in the second half. against hey, this, Oklahoma State.
2: This, this is this is for another day, but but uh, Notre Dame. Uh, I, I do I do want to say this is you got to lower your academic standards, Notre Dame. If you if you ever want to compete on a on a on a big boy level, uh, you you got to lower that down a little bit. And um, you know, I, I think it's just man for them to get back to dominance, and and you know, because it's it's just tough for Notre Dame. But but that is a horrific stat. But go, get back on your on yeah. Your I mean this
1: is it's a it's it's just a terrible. So you know, looking at that, you know, Notre Dame has lost every BCS slash New York Six game they have ever played in. So why would you want to expand the playoff and let them in every year when you obviously know they're not going to be good enough to beat the Alabama, the Georgia, the Ohio State, and then, you know, then if you expand it, then you let Cincinnati or, you know, with, which they are joining the Big 12, correct? Yes. So, you know, I mean, they are joining the Big 12, but, you know, Texas, Oklahoma are leaving. So, we'll kind of see how that uh how that plays out for them. But now you got to look if UCF, you know, or, or you know, another non-power 5 team comes in and you know makes the playoff like Cincinnati. Why do you want wh- what makes you want to watch that on New Year's Eve? I don't.
2: No. I mean, it's
1: yeah, I mean, I I'd like to have a good. Yeah, I'd like to have a good New Year's Eve not fall asleep at Four thirty because the game's already over. Like, (laughs) so was I. I just don't understand. You know, it just it adds a lot of pointless snooze fest in my eyes, and it's a terrible argument. And it's you know kind of like DG said. When was the last good semifinal? You know, game. I mean, really, what the Ohio State Clemson when? Uh, what Trevor Lawrence come back and beat him? Was that eighteen?
2: Yes. 18? Or something like that. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, we've had – you know, and then, you know, you look at 2019. Okay, Oklahoma supposedly the fourth best team in the country. All right. They got – LSU and Joe Burrow, they, what, scored 60, 68, 68 points? 60? Like
2: 63 points Yeah, or
1: something like that. So, it's like, okay, you got beat by 40 and you're supposed to be the fourth best team in the country. So, why would you I, – I just don't understand the argument of expanding it you know, when they're just going to add, like, you know, okay. So, you know, going back to that, Oklahoma is supposed to be the fourth best team in the country. What if LSU that year, you know, just say you expanded to eight teams. What if Notre Dame's at 18, you know, Joe Burrow throws for a thousand yards and they
2: beat them a (laughs) hundred, you know, a hundred to nothing. so It probably would have gotten to that point. Um, Yeah. You know, and, and I, I agree with that on, on so many different levels and, and, you know, look, I'm a huge fan. I've heard people say on other podcasts that, you know, we just want to see more football, okay? And, and trust me, man, I, I'm all down for seeing more football. I love college football. I, oh, so do not want it to end next Monday night. I I, I wish it could go on forever. Um, but my thing with that is, is is, I listen to other podcasts while I'm at work, man, and, and I hear – Let's take it to – let's don't take it to eight. Let's take it to 12, all right? And what we do is we give the top four teams, we give them buys, all right? And then we got five versus 12, all right? Well, here you go. Here's five versus 12, Notre Dame and Pittsburgh, all right? And then, hey, let's let six and 11 play, all right? Well, that's Ohio State and Utah. We saw how that went, and guess what? Ohio State didn't have Olave or Garrett Wilson, so – You know, and I know Utah was depleted and everything, but then you got, what, seven versus 10. You got Baylor and Michigan State. Then you got eight versus nine, Ole Miss and Oklahoma State. All right, so, all right, here's my thing. Yeah, those first-round games, you're probably going to get some good games, but that's no different than watching the bowl games that we just watched because you know right after those games get done, (laughs) they got to move on, man, and they got to play the big dogs. And then you're going to get another round of blowouts like we always get. And it's just – so what – I mean, I I, I, I don't want to watch blowout football. And I feel like if we expand it, you're basically just telling me – the NCAA is like, hey, man, all I care about is money. All right? Yeah. Because I want more games on TV uh, – you know, all I care about is money, and I don't want these kids to opt out. I want them to play. I want them to give them a shot for a national championship. Well, here's my thing, all right? During the season, it's a playoff, okay? Yeah. Tell me where I'm wrong, all right? And 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 once again, I know I always refer back to Auburn, but that's my team, okay? Uh, man, hey, we were in a playoff, all right? We, we went to Penn State, all right? Guys, that, that's a playoff game, all right? You might not think it is, but it's a playoff game, all right? And guess what? We lost it, all right? So guess what? That's a knock on your resume, okay? So then we get Georgia coming into our house. Guess what? We have a chance to redeem that loss right there and say, hey, this is another playoff game, all right? We lost 34-10. to 10. All right, but then we hit a we hit a we hit a little streak, man, and and we get to six and two or or five and two, and we get Ole Miss and Matt Corral coming into the house. Hey, you got a chance to put yourself in a position to control your own destiny and go to Atlanta and play for the SEC championship, and you beat Ole Miss and you get to six and two, and hey, everything's looking in front of you. All right, you're still in the playoff hunt because that the, the talking heads on ESPN are saying, hey, Auburn, man, if they win out, they're going to the playoffs with two losses because the only two teams they lost to is Penn State and Georgia. All right? So then you go to Texas A&M, and guess what? It's a playoff game. It's a playoff game. All right? And you lost. So guess what? You're out. All right? You're Mm -hmm. done. Your playoff chances are done. All right? You got three losses. When we get down to the 12th team, man, 11th team, Utah, you know. They, they've all got two losses, and, and and you're inviting, you know, if you go to 16 teams, you're inviting, you know, uh, a chance for three lost teams to get in there. And and it just – it, it's a watering down of the regular season. And I believe with four teams, man, your regular season still means so much. And there's so much on the line that, hey, You can drop one game, but if you drop that second game, you need a lot of help. Mm -hmm. You need a lot of help. And that is what I love about the 14 playoff because I truly believe that during the season, it is a playoff. And I'm tired of hearing all these people saying, "Oh, let's just bump it up to 12, man. And if you lose two regular season games, oh, well, you still got a chance (coughs) to to get in as an at-large bid. I, I don't like that like y'all said, participation trophy era that we live in. And I'm just not a huge fan of it. And I think it's more the NCAA wanting more money, wanting more TV, um, wanting more ads for commercials and, and just any possible way that they can bring money in for the corrupt uh, association that they are. Um, The NCAA is absolute trash. It's garbage. I hate it. Um, I'll never love it. And um, that's, that's my thoughts on it.
3: Yeah. Let me, and let me add, let me add one more thing. Yeah, I, think yeah, go thing ahead, I, think, I think another thing with, with, if you, if you add teams to the playoffs, it, it kind of starts to turn in well, Oh, well, if we turn, if we add that many teams to the playoffs, well, we got to make sure each conference gets their fair share of teams. Well, we all know that's not the case. Two years yeah. ago, the year LSU went to the national championship, three of the best five teams in college football were from the SEC. LSU mm. obviously the best team. Mm. LSU for the SEC championship. Okay. And then Florida. Florida, got Florida. got beat by in LSU. by two touchdowns. All right. Florida lost to Georgia, but Florida beat everyone else that year to sleep. Mm. Beat the second best team in the ACC by two touchdowns. Mm. All right. So if if we start getting to where it's like, oh, we're gonna put all these more, all these extra teams in there. Man, hell, if you look at this year, everybody's talking about how the SEC was down. Okay, let's take let's take the, the legitimate top the legitimate top 16 teams and think about how many of those are probably from the SEC. All right, we got Alabama, Georgia, guaranteed. Ole Miss, definitely in there. Texas A&M is definitely in there. I think Arkansas is probably in there. So it's mm. like, and this was a down year for the SEC. Just imagine if you have a good Florida team. Let's imagine you have a good LSU team. Mm-hmm. It starts to turn into well, there's hell. There's 16 teams in the playoffs, and eight of them from the SEC. Yep. what's the point? They've already been beating each other up all season, so it's like, like you said, it gets to where the regular season becomes obsolete. And it's like, all right, hey, look, if you lose two games, but you lose to the two right teams, you can still make the playoffs. That's mm. why I think. That's why I think you have so many more fans that follow college football than you do have in the NFL. I think the NFL thing, the fans that like NFL. Obviously, you got teams. In certain cities, and you know, obviously, I also live in Alabama. We don't really have an NFL team to really follow. If we did, maybe we'd be bigger NFL fans. But it's like, I think the saving grace for NFL is the fact they have stuff like fantasy football and all that good stuff. But like, no doubt. I'm watching. Football. I'm watching the Chiefs and the Bengals game right now. The Chiefs are nine and six, or not the Chiefs. The Bengals are nine and six. If they win today, they clinch their division. If mm-hmm. they lose today, they go to nine and seven. All they got to do is win next week, and they clinch their division. They win their division. And they get a top three or four spot in the playoffs on the AFC side with seven losses. You yeah. lose seven, you lose seven times in college football, your coach is fired, and you're redoing the whole program.
2: No doubt. Yeah. You know, and and one thing I want to add that that I left out is look, man, you know, the, the the top four people say, oh, well, number five has a case. All right. Well, number five was Notre Dame this year, and they got beat by Cincinnati. All right. Well, if you guess what, if you expand it to twelve, then guess who's gonna have a case? Number thirteen. All right. They're always gonna they're always gonna complain and, and you know, excuse my French, but they're gonna bitch about mm-hmm. oh well, you know, I I deserved it. BYU, we deserved it over Pittsburgh this year. You know, uh, if you if you expand it to sixteen, then, then you got Oklahoma getting in over Wake Forest and Wake Forest is gonna say, Well, hey, uh we played in our conference championship game and and Oklahoma didn't all right we we had to play pit in our conference championship Oklahoma they didn't even make it to their conference championship so you know we deserved to get in over them so you're always going to have that one team that's always going to have a case to get in and i hear a lot of people arguing and griping about that you know and and you know I had a I had a Michigan fan. I woke up this morning and the the uh, the director of the Senior Bowl, what's his name, uh, Nagy? Jermaine.
1: yeah, yeah. Jermaine.
2: so he put a thing <laughs> on there about the All SEC National Championship, and I see a Michigan fan on there, and he runs a podcast or or something, or and he made a he made a a remark about, well, I'm not watching that damn game because I'm sick of seeing the SEC play each other. Okay, well guess what? I got on there on the Uptempo podcast Twitter page. If you don't follow us, go give us a go give us a follow and uh, and we drop some really cool stuff, watch a lot of sports live by the way, and drop a lot of cool tweets. Uh, so I get on there, respond and I'm saying, well, hey, you're a Michigan fan and you're saying that you're tired of watching the SEC play each other. Well, guess what? you had your chance to beat them. you, you had your chance Friday night at 6:30 you kicked off and you had your chance and you got mocked all right and so what so what you who, who are you gonna throw up who, who are you gonna throw in there who are the best two teams you don't like watching football with the best two teams playing the best two rosters in college football you don't want to watch that because I want to watch the closest thing to the NFL in college football and that's the Southeastern Conference and in my opinion anybody who argues that, you can kick rocks about football because I don't, really, I don't really know that you know what you're talking about. Um, and that's my opinion on it. And I just – I think it's a really, really bad idea to expand it. And I think it's more of the NCAA just wanting money at the end of the day. And moving on from this topic, um, you know, we got a big, big game. Coming up um, next Monday night, and you know, people, the SEC, you know, they had a lot of players opt out and everything this year, <laughs> and we got two teams playing for the national title, and right now we got a losing bowl record, and people are harping about it. Just the SEC's trash is top heavy. Uh, you know, the last thing I want to talk about today is is give me. Dalt Lane, I'm gonna switch it to you first on this one, and give me your thoughts about the SEC and the and the losing record in bowl season. And and do you think do you think the SEC is still the the dominant conference of college football?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's by far, and I mean any obviously anybody that disagrees with that, I mean obviously it's just you know we call them haters, and that's just that's just all it is. I mean, yeah, you know I. You, we started zero and five, zero and four, zero and five in bowl games. And, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and that was the thing. You know, you got on Twitter like, oh, ha ha. You know, the SECs zero and 0, 0 and four, zero and five to start the bowls. You know, bowl uh, season. And well, I think now we're what five and six with Ole Miss losing last night. Yeah. And And uh, and it's like, oh, you know, blah blah blah. They have a losing record. You know, whatever. And you know, just say, you know, just say Big Ten's undefeated right now. And uh, you know, this, that, and. Well, it's like, hey, okay, yeah, we have a losing record, but guess what? I'll I'll go to Vegas right now and lay everything I got that the SEC is going to win the national championship. You know, <laughs> so I, you know, I'll, I'll I'll put my house on it that the SEC is going to win the national championship. So at the well, end no. of the day, at the end of the day, you know, it's everybody remembers you know who wins. You know, nobody remembers second place. You know, in my eyes, you know, so at the end of the day, come you know January the tenth. At about 10 o'clock at night, guess what conference is going to win it all? The SEC. So, <laughs> yep. And that's the thing. And there's really no, to me, there's no debate. So, it's what, since, since what, 2007, I think there's been, yeah. 2006
0: yeah.
3: was when the, yeah. when the SEC started their reign.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, 2006, I think we, what, how, there's been, what, one national championship
2: that hasn't involved, or yeah, yeah, it was like uh I think it was 2014. It was Ohio State and Oregon. Yeah, and a hey, but the SEC still made the playoff. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, SEC still in the playoff. So you got to think
1: in in what what is that? 15 years we've had an, a national champion. You know, at least a, a team in the national championship. Yeah. So, it's like, that's that's mind-blowing. And you look at those stats and there's no way that you can sit here and make an argument for any other conference that, you know, the Big Ten's the best or, you know, the ACC, you know, the All Children's Conference. There's no way, you know. I mean, it's just – uh, there,
2: there's
1: no there, – you know, the Pac-12, I mean, yeah, snooze best out on the yeah, West they,
2: Coast. Yeah, <laughs> Hey, the only good thing that, that the Pac-12 brings you is, is when it's, it's 1 o'clock in the morning and, and you're on Xbox <laughs> yeah. with the boys. Yeah. And, and you got Pac-12 after dark. And, 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 hey, it's 38 to 35, and they're coming out of half, and, and you turn and you look back over and it's 72 to 70. Yeah.
1: Right? Hey, I, I, I will give the Pac-12 that. I mean – you know, I do love that, you know, in the trenches, you know, close game. You know, the, so, you know something that the SEC, you know, brings, you know. And, but, hey, there's something different about that Pac-12, man. I mean, you go to the kitchen, you know, you get you something to drink, grab you a snack, and you come back, and each team scored four touchdowns in 28 seconds. I mean, <laughs> I, I, do, I do love that Pac-12 after dark. I mean, I, I do love it, you know. And it to me, honestly, because of that, it might be my favorite conference outside of the SEC. Because I mean, there's just absolutely zero defense. I mean, it's, I mean, it, it's magical. And uh, I will give the Pac-12 credit on that. And, um, but yeah, I mean, when, just when it comes down to you know the the SEC, I mean, there's there's no way that somebody can, or there's no way I could take somebody legitimately, legitimately serious if you try to argue with me that the big 10, you know, or any other conference is better than that, than the sec. I mean, there there's just, I don't even think I could look at you as a real football fan. No, doubt. if you sit here and tell me that the big 10 or the ACC or, you know,
2: any other conference is better than the sec, there's, there's no way. So. No and, and DG, I want to roll it over and get your thoughts on it. man.
3: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm on the same track. I mean, Obviously, like we said, you look back since 2006. There's been four teams, non-SEC, to win national championship: Ohio State, Florida State, and Clemson, won it twice. So, obviously, you know, in that 15-year span, Alabama's won one, two, three, four, five, six of them. Probably about maybe about to win seven. Yeah. But that don't matter. The SEC still won more than half of the national championships since 2006. Florida's got two, LSU's got two, Alabama's got five, Auburn's got one. I mean, it's like – it's not just – it'd be different. Obviously, you know, Alabama having their five is the, – you would say they're the, obviously the best team in the country, and they have been, oh, hell, yeah. since 2008 really. I mean, sure, they maybe not won a national championship every year, but Alabama's been in the top ten, top five every mm. single season since 2008. All right. Oh. They played for the SEC <laughs> championship game against Florida in 08. Lost. 09, they win it, win the national championship. 2010 was a down year, and they only lost three games. Auburn wins it. 2011, 2012, Alabama goes back-to-back. 13, I don't even – I mean, Alabama, I'm sure, was good.
2: We kick-sixed them. We kick-sixed Kick, them. Exactly. Baby.
3: So, they're undefeated until the last game of the season. Yeah. All right. Then you got 14, Ohio State wins it. That's the year that uh, Zeke Kelly went crazy. Alabama's in the playoffs.
2: 15,
3: yeah. Alabama wins it. 16, Clemson beats Alabama. 17, mm. Alabama's in it. 18, Clemson beats Alabama, then you got LSU and Bama back to back of years. And again, like Dalton said, I'd put my house, everything I own, that the SEC is gonna win another one this year. I mean, like <laughs> it, it, it ain't that hard to figure out. Like, and the thing is, any other conference who thinks they can compete, go look at other conference. Ohio State is the only team from the Big Ten to be in the playoffs until this year. Mm-hmm. The ACC, Florida State had their one. They didn't. They they made the playoffs that one year in twenty fourteen. And they yeah. ain't been back since. All right. So it's like, even when the other conferences make it, it's not like multiple teams from the conference are making it. It's the same one or two teams. No doubt. But SEC, obviously, Alabama made a playoff every year. <clears throat> one. So Alabama's obviously, like we, we all know Alabama's the most dominant team in the last 15 years of college football. But that doesn't mean that the SEC as a whole isn't just as good. They just have to always play Alabama. Like, <coughs> Two years ago, you put Florida or you put Georgia or you put Alabama. Hell, the year LSU won the Championship, Alabama went 12-1. and 1.
0: Mm.
3: The top four teams in the country could have all been for the SEC, LSU, Alabama, Florida, Georgia. You put Al- you put Alabama, Georgia, Florida, you put Georgia in the Big 12, Florida in the ACC, and Alabama in the Pac-12, you probably have a four-way – all four of those teams made the playoffs. Yeah. Next. So it's like – the argument that, oh, the SEC had a down year, man, who gives up yeah, they had a terrible year, and they're still going to go 6-6 six and six in the bowls and win a nice championship. Mm. Like, the SEC had 13 of their 14 teams make the playoffs. No other – and the only team that doesn't make the playoffs is Vanderbilt. no Vanderbilt don't care about nothing but science projects and baseball.
2: Mm, love that. So, it's like <laughs> – Science projects and baseball.
3: They're not worried about the football program. You can go there <laughs> – you can go to the city of Nashville and their baseball stadium is nicer than the football stadium. No doubt. it like, they don't – they're not – guess what? Who won the national championship or who played for the national championship in baseball this past year? Two SEC teams. No doubt. It's every year. It's not just football. That's the thing. Everybody talking, oh, Texas and Oklahoma coming to SEC is going to be – you know, make the football conference even better. Those teams are going to probably come to the SEC in football and get scrubbed. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the other sports. Texas, number one preseason team for baseball a top 10 basketball team. Oklahoma is the national champions in softball almost every season, it seems like. Mm. There comes the SEC, who's already dominant in every other major sport. It'd be mm. different if the SEC was just good at baseball or football, but the SEC wins football almost every year. They always have, like right now, I think at the SEC preseason baseball poll, I think they have four of the top 10, three of the top six. Like, it's every year, every sport. The SEC is by and far the best conference out there,
2: no doubt. And you know, <clears throat> I love getting into the to the arguments with people, and and you know, man, I love to argue college football, and and you know, people, the SEC bias thing and all that, and I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it because we know we're the best conference. Um, we we you know I went on a previous episode about the draft picks, man, and, and uh, the SEC man, they've had the most the most draft picks since like 2007 or whatever, and I mean just the coaching in the conference, you know. Hey, here's one you you watch an NFL coach get fired? All right, watch an NFL coach or a high profile college coach get fired. Where's he coming to? Alabama. Alabama. He's, he's Alabama. coming to Alabama. Alabama's rehab system. He's coming to Alabama's rehab system to learn from Nick Saban. And because guess what? You coach in the SEC, man. You coach against the best players. You got the goat of college football coaching you. And 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 he's teaching you how to do it. And now look at Lane Kiffin. He's got Ole Miss winning ten games a year and playing in the damn Sugar Bowl, man. You know, I mean, it's just. And, and here's my thing is is I see people on Twitter, and they're like, oh, man, the SEC is so top-heavy. All right, well, well, guess what, all right? Alabama goes to Florida, all right? The SEC is so top-heavy. Alabama goes to Florida, and they scrape by, all right? They scrape by. Florida misses an extra point, and and, and it, it changed the whole game. And, and, you know, then Bama goes to A&M, and they lose, all right? A&M went eight and four. All right. They, had, they played all year with a backup quarterback, bro. Alabama didn't bring it that night. So guess what? You got knocked off because you showed up, you went <clears> on the road <throat> to one of the most hostile environments in college football that holds a hundred and what, 10,000 people. Almost yeah, <laughs> a lot. And, and they stand the entire game and screaming and yelling in the midnight yell. And, and you got knocked off. You got knocked off. And, and, you can go anywhere in the conference, bro, and get knocked off at any given time. Look at the Iron Bowl. Auburn, six and five, all right. Has been on a losing streak, and they make Bryce Young just look out of rhythm, completely lost. He's like, Man, I ain't never seen no shit like this in California. But this rivalry right here, this is different. It's different. All right, and 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 I just – I don't see it in any other conference. And, you know, I always say that the <clears throat> SEC will always reign supreme uh, it's the greatest <clears throat> conference in the country. Um, and it's the greatest baseball conference in the country. Uh, and it's about to be the greatest basketball conference in the country. And, uh, you, you know, if you, if you don't watch SEC basketball this year, I hate it for you. There's some solid-ass teams. And you need to get on it because we're about to take basketball over too. And we're really about to run every sport because uh, we run gymnastics, equestrian, swimming, and diving. Uh, whatever you want to play, uh, we'll play you in cricket, and we'll probably beat you at that too. Um, so, man, wrapping it up, uh, I want to kick it to kick it to y'all and give get your final thoughts. Uh, DG, man, uh, you know, I just uh, I I thank y'all for coming on, and and you know, helping me out on this show and, uh, you know, is, is there anybody that, that you know, you, you got that might want to come on the show or anything?
3: Yeah, I got a few, I got a few friends that may uh may be interested in coming on, uh, a couple Alabama guys, another Florida fan, <laughs> an Ole Miss fan, just, just people from all over SEC that can kind of give, you know, their insight on their favorite teams and, you know, because obviously we don't dive deep into every team, we dive deep into the teams we know and then yeah. go over games or go over highlights and that kind of stuff, but, as far as a few other teams, the fan bases from other teams, yeah, I got a couple buddies
2: that'd be interested to jump on for sure. Mm, good, love that. And and D Lane, you know, I had uh, you know, <laughs> I had Junior Rose Green on here, and and us being Auburn fans, and and uh, getting to experience that man, just texting him and 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 talking to him through Twitter, and uh, and getting to have a one on one conversation and. And hearing his hit about Reggie Brown and his time at Auburn and all that and now his coaching career, uh, hopefully, you know, we can reach out to some Auburn guys and uh, former Auburn players and, and, and you know, get after that. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about where we're going. And, uh, you know, like DG just said, you know, I want to branch it out and, and you know, get, get, maybe get a Texas A&M in here. You know, I know we're going to get an Alabama guy in here. Uh, we got that, you know, I, I've been talking to a guy, uh, he knows his Alabama stuff. Uh, man, I want to get, I want to get a Mississippi state or Ole Miss, you know, I want to branch this thing out and get all, you know, all 14 teams in here and, and, and get a, get a guy that, that, uh, can break us down the recruiting and, and, you know, the, the, the coaching side of it and, and what the program's dealing with and what they're going through. So, you know, uh, You know, just just closing it out and and thanking everybody for listening and and just giving you a little something of what we got coming up. And, uh, you know, I I appreciate y'all listening and uh, I'll catch you on the next one. Appreciate it, man.
0: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.